Hey, everybody, this is Bevan. Welcome to Bevan, a femme over 40 and her friends podcast. I'm your host, Bevan. I've said my name three times. It's time to start the show. Today, I'm so excited to introduce you to my friend Madden. Madden Lopez founded Project Q, uh, which is a nonprofit that supports LGBTQ homeless youth in in and around Los Angeles, but I think with their digital reach truly all over the world. Um, I have loved Madden from the start, just such a ray of light, heart for service, and truly like someone whose actual work on this world is making an impact, I think, on humanity. Because every time you empower people who need to see an example of like, even, I mean, Madden says it in this episode, but even just to see what it looks like 10 years down the road, that has ripple effects. I can say this personally, I think um, the ancestors, uh, the queer and social justice ancestors at the end of every fat kid dance party class, because I was taught by other people's example, um, who, who either knew me or didn't know me, that it was possible to love myself and to be fully embodied and to chase my dreams and all of those things. And without that empowerment, I would still hate myself. I would still probably be closeted and, um, and, and just like kind of a wash and under other people's ideas for my life, instead of just being an aerobics instructor and doing what's on my heart and helping to move the world forward. So I'm super grateful for Madden. I'm excited for you to hear about Project Q and all of the amazing things that they do. But first, the best way to support this podcast is through my Patreon page. Patreon is a website that helps creators like me create memberships for folks like you. So I create value and you come in and you say, you, you've made my life better, Bevan. Here's uh, two bucks a month. And then you'll get access to all of my Zoom aerobics classes, which are incredible, really fun community on Saturdays. Um, or at a higher level, you can uh, join and get access to on-demand aerobics at your schedule, which I hike into the forest. I film in the forest. So you can kind of get these outdoor peaceful vibes uh, in your home. There's always a 10 minute, a 20 minute, two 55 minute classes, a chair class, and a 45 minute can of size class, which is aerobics that are geared towards a cannabis experience, optional, uh, slower, a little, little more uh, simpler type choreography. So all of that is available at patreon.com slash FKDP. I also like to throw in lots of extra bonuses there. We have a Discord server now, which is, I, I don't know, it's a newfangled website. Here I am learning new things, but basically it's an, a way for folks. It's kind of like a message board. Like people can go in and just leave notes and selfies and we've got pet pictures going on. Someday we're going to do a fun Rocky Horror Picture Show movie night in there. So that's all through the Patreon page as a way of just fostering community. Um, and I also do spiritual lessons. I'm doing a series of the kind of 12 key spiritual self-care principles that I use in my life all the time uh, so that I can help share them with, with y'all if spirituality and self-care is something that is meaningful to you and helps vibe you up. So all of that is through patreon.com slash FKDP, which stands for Fat Kid Dance Party, which is my aerobics class. And it's for anyone who feels left behind by mainstream fitness. So if you've ever been called too much, too fat, or felt too awkward to dance, this is the supportive class for you. Um, I'm so excited for you to meet Madden. Imagine that we're all on a porch together and you're like cuddling up with your very favorite childhood blanket um, and sitting down and listening to our conversation. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Madden, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thank you for having me. Yay. Um, you just told me this word that I just want to record forever. The time that I learned this phrase, say it again. Cerebral flatulence. 
it's when you have a brain fart, but you know, you could say it and sound like, you know what you're talking about. <laughs> you immediately sound snooty. If you use the thesaurus in your brain to make things sound um, sharper. It's funny. Cause I actually actively work cause law school made me have too many big words in my brain. And so I actively work to simplify how I speak. Cause you can actually communicate better if you're speaking and writing at a fifth grade level, like everyone understands it and they don't have to work too hard. Um, anyway. But cerebral flatulence is just fun. It's good. Hi, Kitty. <laughs> oh, hello, Madden. Uh, me and Biscuit Reynolds are so excited to welcome you to the podcast. Um, will you start by just telling us what is Project Q and a little bit about yourself and how you started it? Yeah, so Project Q is um, my nonprofit. I'm the executive director and the founder, and we started off by giving haircuts to homeless black and brown queer youth um, here in Los Angeles. And um, it started really local. We would go into shelters and do haircuts there. And then we started, uh, we, we built a mobile self-esteem building salon out of a 1977 Airstream. I call it the Hairstream. We do haircuts. Um, we've done haircuts all across the country with that at different LGBT centers for their youth services. And now we have a brick and mortar space in Chinatown, Los Angeles, where we also do haircuts for paying clients. And now our team has grown exponentially. And, um, you know, normally before BC, before COVID, we would do invite youth here, they would get a haircut in exchange for a self-empowering workshop taught by another member of our community. Um, and so that could be, you know, nutrition on a budget or learning about their finances, learning how to meditate, um, all taught by other queer people of color so that the youth could have like a representation of themselves. Mm -hmm. um, so that's really the magic that happens is like someone that is like, I have no future, sees a future version of, of themselves and a possibility that they can make it another 10 years. That's the goal. Um, that, that's been the goal, I should say. Goals are shifting in a really positive way. So COVID happened. Now what we do is we kind of focus on a, a more um, kind of a, a more immediate need, which is food and hygiene accessibility. And so we have a refrigerator here, a food a community fridge where people come and pick up food all, all throughout the day. Um, also once a month, we do a, a large contactless food and hygiene kit drop off to folks all over Los Angeles. Um, and we're just right now finishing up the process of having a 24 hour accessible food pantry for dry goods. So that's all of the things that we are during COVID. We also have um, virtual support groups for trans teens called Visibility. And um, we sit and go through all of the media representations of black queerness and black transness that has been rele uh, relevant so that they can start to understand how the world already views them and then we get to take it apart and then we get to remake their storyline. Um, I've had uh, other, even, even filmmakers drop into those workshops and teach them how to make videos a little bit like with like Final Cut and, and, and right, just so that they can start to make their own story. Um, and on top of that, we also do a, a program with Peter Space right now called Using Blank as a Form of Social Justice that I want you to be on, um, where we're inviting other members of our community to use whatever they have in their arsenal as a form of social justice. So we use hair, not because it's the best thing in the world to use, but it's because it's what we got. And so I like to ask my friends, what do you have? What do you use? And then we all get to be social justice warriors in our own way. And so that, 
is Project Q in a nutshell. Oh my God. Way to go, Madden. I just want to say like in my podcast, we keep it very real. And I just want to love on you for being able to succinctly sort of name what you're doing, who you're doing it for and why. And like that, just, I, I admire anybody who can start and sustain a nonprofit uh, because it's so much work. And I've seen so many people start and drop, start and drop. And you have start and sustained and pivoted and adapted. And you're such an excellent spokesperson. Like, because it's weird when you, when you make a thing, when you start a thing, you have to not only be great at the thing you're great at, but then also all these other things, including talking about the thing that you do and like all of that. And I'm just, uh, I love it. Um, how long has Project Q been a thing? So we actually started in 2012. Not all people know that. We started in 2012 at the Queer People of Color Conference at CSUN. Um, yes, and, and then it was called I Do Hair. It was before it was called Project Q. I with an E-Y-E. Huh. And, um, and then it, I, I was able to do haircuts for like young folks that were visiting California from all over the country. So all of these places that I got to then go back and visit, right? Um, and they would come and get their, their haircut. And they said, you know, I'm going to come out to my mom when I come, when I get back home. So just shave it off or give me a mohawk or, you know, so being able to show up for those folks was really awesome. And I just like, I was like 24 or something. And I was just like, I'm going to do this forever, you know, <laughs> um, which is really cool. And I didn't realize that how, how, how much of a gift it was to even understand that I had any type of direction. I had no clue that that was a gift. Um, and so that's that's kind of where we started. And at that point, I'd already been doing hair. I I want to say for like, if I was 24, so then by like, for like eight years, I'd already been doing hair. Wow. And uh, yeah, and then Project, so Project Q actually turns 10 years old next year. So exciting. Wow. Have you, um, I would love to hear if there's anybody, any youth or people you interacted with in the early days of Project Q that you see the seeds of what you planted then like kind of, growing now or is it a little too early no i mean i i mean my staff i have i've hired i've actually hired i think 12 of our youth in our in, through internship programs and like gotten them on their feet to a certain level those internships and the reason that it's such a high number is because there's a, an hour limitation so they come in through different programs and we will hire them out and we have a, a great opportunity a great entry point of the receptionist position you know, you come into a space, you get to be around queer people of color all day long. You get to be seen as you would like to be seen. You get to, you get help to help people see you the way you want to be seen. We have our clothing closet. You can get free haircuts, right? All of these things that happen when you get to be a part of a space like the space that we have. Um, and then you get to learn how to talk to people because our world is such that you don't have to, if you don't want to talk to people, it can be, you can be all email and text if you would like. Yeah. Um, and so it kind of builds these other skills that not a lot of places get to offer. And so I've seen over and over again, people coming in, you know, a shell of themselves and leaving with a little bit more substance as to who they might be in this world. And it's the coolest thing. That is so awesome. It's when you do intentional work like this, the, the, it, it's, it really truly, I think has an effect on humanity because that person who's empowered is going to go out and empower other people, whether by direct work or just influence. And that's incredible. Madden, tell me about what inspired you to start Project Q and how you got started doing hair and, and kind of a little bit of your story. Sure. Yeah. I, I, so I started doing hair <clears throat> really early. 
um, I mean, deep cuts on Madden, but um, <laughs> I was I was also a ward of the state. I was in foster care when I was uh, younger. And the woman that, uh, in one of the group homes that I ran, the woman that ran the group home was also a hairstylist. And so she like kind of was able to bring me in and after like I had that she was like my third or fourth group home as well so I had kind of been my hair was all raggedy you know and I just hadn't had a, t a chance to take care of myself I was 13 12 so I didn't know how to yet either mm -hmm. um and she sat me down and she fixed my hair up and I felt more like like I was more than you know a ward of the state I felt like I was a person um, probably gave me a little bit too much confidence, honestly. And so um, <laughs> it feels nice to be able to give that to other people. Now, I've, you know, I was, because I was in foster care, I went back to my home, but my home still wasn't that safe. So I needed to get out and hairstyling was something that I was like, okay, I can be artistic. I can be social. Um, I can make money quickly. That was a big deal because I needed to get out of my current situation. Um, and I would be able to make my own hours. And that's what I wanted to do. And so I, that's, that's what I focused on doing. And, um, and then the creating Project Q was something completely different. It was like going back and being like, okay, cool. So I I'm, I'm now secure and I'm stable. And how do I turn around and help other people with what I've created for myself? Um, and what's really cool about Project Q is that yes, you know, I started doing hair to be stable myself. And then we created Project Q to help other people be stable. Through COVID, Project Q has kept us stable. You know, like us be still being able to have access to our community and us still being able to do the work that we do means that there's funding out there specifically for that, which has kept our employees employed and kept us here. And so it's just, it's really kind of what you were saying about it reverberating into the world. It also has layers upon layers as to how it continues to enrich us. So pretty awesome, yes. Ah, uh, that's fantastic. And you also have like, I've seen, I mean, I, I think we met in like maybe 2016. So mm -hmm. a while ago and enough to really watch Project Q just, I mean, I watched the hair stream come together. Um, I've seen you do incredible fundraising galas. And then um, you started a membership program um, mm -hmm. maybe a couple of years ago. Talk to me more about like sustaining ways that people support Project Q and kind of help you maintain this nexus in this COVID time. Of course, yes. Member, our membership program is. I'm I'm so thankful that we were able to like pull that together. My wife put that together. That was all Sabine, you know. Sabine. She she plants her seeds and they just grow so high. Um, and she created the membership program, and we were able to. We had a, a volunteer that was like, "I just want to help you run this." That we've now been able to hire, um, and it's just it's really grown so much. But really, what it did, and we started it before. COVID. Didn't we? No, no, no. We started before COVID, but we, we ramped it up during um, last last Pride Month. And people, the thing is that people wanted to help. People want to help. They're just like, just tell me what to do. Just tell me where to stand. Tell me where to put my money. Give me the link. You know, make it easy. And not only was it people that wanted to be able to give on a regular basis, but it was also, again, our other community members that were like, even I believe that you even were one of our um, membership drive um, teachers and facilitators to come through and, and use, again, use what you have to offer to help leverage us into a different level. And we were able to sustain our goal. We wanted to, we wanted to double how much we had. And I think we tripled it um, because of all of our members, all of our community members stepping up and stepping in. And 
um, you know, we've just been so thankful, but also what that means to me is that we're like build again, building a stronger bond with the people that we care about. Um, and then also creating stakeholders out of our community members. And they're saying, not only do I come here, not only do I love this space, but I am now, you know, putting some, a part of my income into it and, and a part of my energy into it to help it be around when this is all normal-ish again. Yeah, I think something that has really um, affected me and how I sort of arrange my giving is to really think about um, tithing and how I think tithing is for anywhere that gives you spiritual fulfillment or food. And to me, I think the work that you do, like work like Project Q, like where you're really influencing the world in a way that aligns with my values very strongly, um, is I think a form of tithing. And so like setting up memberships and things like that for people to support. And this is just not just for me saying this to you, but me saying this to anyone out there who's thinking about doing, endeavoring a nonprofit um, to really think about like allowing people, you have to just open up all these ways of giving um, mm -hmm. when you're doing this kind of stuff and like, allowing for a tithe right like a monthly thing that people can just support um you helping them live out their values without you know because a lot of people have money but not time or time but not money and right. so when you can get the money to the people who have the resources to give the time um and also knowing like what the direct needs are too because that's uh what a scary time to be unhoused yes um, it definitely has been but it's it's i i always take extra with me when we go and do our, our food and hygiene deliveries because inevitably there will be someone um, that lives outside near where I'm dropping off. And I just, I can't, I'm, I have to, like, here's a little something, you know, like, and I, because I, I, I learned my lesson because I would go out and end up leaving, you know, downtown with way less than I was supposed to and have to go back and fill up, you know, and um, it's it it I, I it, it is so empowering. Sorry, I get tongue tied. I, it's so empowering to be able to feel like we can still give. The first couple of months, right after we got shut down, the business got shut down. I didn't know who I was because I'm so tied. Like so much of my identity is tied to service of my community, mm. and I had to. I'm thankful for that time. I'm thankful to like sit and have to also kind of separate myself from that. We are still worthy, even if we are not giving, we are still worthy of you, even if we're not of service. Mm -hmm. um, but I had to relearn it, you know, um, because I, I feel as though I had to, to earn my own worthiness by giving to my community. And that's not the way that it actually is. We're worthy regardless. If we have extra, we get to give. Um, <laughs> so, but I really like, I like the idea of tithing. I grew up super Christian. So the idea of tithe, I was a tither, okay? Mm. Even our Airstream, I would put $5 away from every haircut that I did in order to buy the first one that we bought. Oh, that's fantastic. What a great way to save too, just really specifically intentionally doing that. Um, and I also, I'm curious now, like since you grew up super Christian, but also kind of like, obviously a lot of chaos and a lot of instability. I'm curious, like, what is your spiritual path like now? Do you, um, do you practice anything or do you, do you participate spiritually? Or are you kind of like, nah? Uh, I, ha what I can say is that I have recently regained my access to spirit mm. um, from being such a Christian religious person. I was like little Jesus freak and then was like, oh shit, I'm gay. You know? <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and then it was like, oh crap, I'm trans. You know, it was just like, oh no, you know? And so 
so much of the thing that I loved, like I wanted to be a preacher. So much of the thing that I loved pushed me away so hard um, that I, and I, I kind of threw out the baby with the bathwater. I didn't understand how to have uh, spirituality without religion. Mm-hmm. And, um, and religion pushed me so far away that I, tr- I turned it off in myself mm-hmm. for a while. And like, I get so sad when I think about that now, cause I, I would, I, I would literally walk around aimlessly. I had no idea, no clue what to do or where to go or, you know, um, and it was really hard. So recent, not even recently, but I, I've noticed more and more the building of uh, the more that I would listen to the little voice, the more I would listen to spirit, the more I would listen to guidance, internal and external spiritual guidance, the louder that it got. Mm. And uh, oh, it was, it, it's been such a change to realize that that is something that I have access to um, on a regular basis. Um, I'm not, I don't practice any spiritual, in any spiritual space. Um, I don't even meditate as much as I would like to. Um, I would say that, right, that, that I wish that I did have that. It's something that I've, uh, Sabine and I have looked into multiple times of like, what, what would we do? You know, if we were like gonna either join a space or like whatever that would be, because I do feel like that thing that we were talking about that we, that I would get from service, like, we it needs to be generated on its own and there is practice for that yeah oh i love this i feel like i was when i was your age i was in exactly the same spot i just kind of turned the dial to like oh i can be spiritual without being religious like because i thought i didn't get to have a relationship with god because i wasn't um raised really tight i was we were catholic quote unquote but like we didn't go and i just always thought that meant i didn't get a relationship with god and then i had turned that channel to just like give myself permission to just try. And I didn't meditate as much as I wanted to, right? Like all of those things that you said are totally true for me. And like, uh, or at that point, and like, I just, I'm excited. Cause I really think in many ways, you're like the hair, the hairdresser position in our culture is kind of a preacher. You know what I mean? A space, a space holding an image of you that you want to unfold potentially, right? Like, I mean, obviously not all hairdressers, but uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? But like, I think, and it's so beautiful how you've kind of seen the highest good that hairdressing can be and you created a thing to help serve um the most marginalized people or some of the most marginalized people with that i love that i think it's really walking out god's love in a very intentional way and i have to remember that i have i actually have a lot of friends that that practice and some friends that are preachers and one of them said to me and this i always have theological conversations with them. I was like, I, I, you know, like, especially when I was really in, in the middle of it, but they, when, once we opened our space, they came and saw it and they were like, Madden, you know, people talk about Jesus being a carpenter, but he was creating space for people to live. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're doing. You're creating space for people to live. And that is God's work. And I was just like, what, you know, just like beyond even all of the extra stuff that we do, just that by itself being, um, you know, an important aspect to the spiritual, the spirituality of this space. And, you know, we haven't been able to be in it. And today's kind of one of the first days that we're like in here, like we're in it, you know, Um, and it does, it has that, it has that kind of energy, almost like a portal, like you kind of, you can feel it. It's really, it's awesome. (laughs) Oh, that is so awesome. And Madden, you're a Virgo, right? I'm a Libra. You're a Libra. 
Oh, so you're kind of Libra Virgo cusp. Because Virgo has a sign that is very uh, service oriented. It's like, that's like a strong motivation. So uh, do you know what your rising and your moon signs are? I'm all air. I'm a Libra, Gemini, Aquarius. A triple air. Wow. Oh, very chatty. I'm like a kite caught in a tree. I'm just like... <laughs> a good gust of wind and I'm gone you know yeah oh um, that's so true <laughs> a good gust of wind and I'm gone uh that's amazing um uh, Madden tell me uh speaking of you had said this earlier just like kind of showing people what's possible for them like 10 years down the road I love queer love stories and um yours and Sabine's um I will have already mentioned this in the intro to this podcast that I interviewed Sabine last year for my podcast so I want to hear your love story from your perspective. How did you meet Sabine and what did you love about her to begin with? And like what your life is like now? Okay. Yeah. That's my, that's my role dog. I love her. She's my, 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 the Bonnie to my Clyde. Um, so we met, which at the time felt like it was really futuristic, but now it feels old school. We met on OkCupid. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was, I was like really intentional on my ends just so that she, I, and I was young, I was 26. I'm still very young, but like to be 26 year old, years old and be like, so I'm looking for my wife. Mm -hmm. um, it, it just felt like an intention for me. I was like, I got plans. I need to like not have to worry about intimacy with new people. Like I just wanted to be able to have a partner. Um, and I was really upfront about that and it scared a lot of people away. I was like, cool, bye, you know, not the right one. And so I had gotten it down and she's gonna hate this. I'd gotten it down to where I would go on coffee dates at Flore cause I used to live right on Hyperion. Um, and for folks that don't know, it's just like on the corner of the spot where I lived. Um, and I didn't have a car, all I had was a moped. So I would like walk down to Flore. Um, the waitress was one of my clients. So she would always like hook me up, like make sure I was taken care of. Um, and so here comes Sabine and I was like, oh great. And I said, the first thing I said to myself was she has a Muppet nose and she does, she knows what I'm talking about. She's got a Muppet nose. So cute. And I was like, oh crap, it's, this is it. it. It just felt really, it was wild. And I used to look at, I would look at her pictures and show it to my friends before, I think before we met, I would show them to my friends. And I'd be like, so this is like, this is my girl. I'm about to be with her. And they were just like, okay, weirdo. Um, specifically, she's got this one picture where she's in New York and her lips are like bright red. Anyway, love it. So we're on the date and I could tell she had just gotten her hair cut because she wasn't comfortable with it. Just like from her body language, I was just like, you know, I'm, that's the other thing. I'm a hairstylist. So I'm like constantly reading the body language and the comfortability. Um, and for myself as well, you know, I felt I was like all sweaty, whatever. Um, I'd gone on a lot of first dates at that point, but I had not gone on a lot of second dates. I had not gone on any because I was, I was like, if I'm going on a second date, that's it. You know, I did, I, I, you can tell, they say you can tell within the first five minutes of meeting someone, right? Wow. So I, would really, I was really listening to that. I was like, yes, no, yes, no. So I walked her to her car and I hugged her. I did not give her a kiss, I believe. I didn't, we didn't even hold hands for our first three dates. Um, I was very intentional about like, if I'm going to be with someone like the, the, that connection can come later. Let's let it build. I wanted, wanted to get to know her. Um, and then I didn't call her for like two months. <laughs> I didn't. Um, and it wasn't even really that on purpose. 
to be honest, I just didn't, I didn't want to be thirsty. Like that's the hard part about being like a, a nice person is that people are going to take advantage of you. They're not going to see the value in you if you're so available. Not something that I tell my youth to this day. I'm like, be picky. And you know, like Tupac said, I don't want it if it's that easy. Okay. Just put it, just wait, you know, make them, make them reach. And she reached, she reached back out to me. We went on our first date in February, February 25th. We went on our second date, April 4th. And uh, that's a long time, February, March, right? Yeah. We would be in the in-between time right now. Um, yeah, I see. Uh, we went out. So she reached out to me um, and then I started like text flirting with her. And she had hurt her back. We were supposed to go out to dinner and she had hurt her back. Uh, she was a vegan at the time. I was a vegetarian. So we were going to go to Doomies. I don't know if you've ever been to Doomies in Hollywood. So bomb. It's like a uh, vegan bad food. It's like vegan, but it's bad. It's bad. Oh, I have been there. <laughs> okay. It's just, it's, it's vegan food made to be like American junk food, basically. Yes. Like jalapeno poppers, but vegan yes. I can It's extremely and- delicious. <laughs> so good. So like I said, I had my moped and I was like, well, I'll go pick it up and I'll bring it to your house. So I did. I went, this is the longest story ever, isn't it? Ben? And I was it. Like, All right. So I went to Doomies and I picked up our order. When I was at Doomies, I like tied our order to the back of my moped and my moped was like having trouble sparking. Like my choke was, was like not catching. And I was like, oh, that's weird. And I just kept going and it like started up and I got to her house. We had dinner and we watched garden state there's always a debate about what movie it was i think that she thinks i don't remember what movie she thinks it was but it was it was garden stakes i was like yes zach Braff, let's go <laughs> <laughs> and, and there was a joke about your back hurts here's some tiger bomb should i rub it on your back and she was like eh, no um so she was also being a little you know making sure that we didn't cross any boundaries and then i i left i go out to my moped and it wouldn't start it did not turn on. It stayed off. And it was late. It was like 1130 at night. Um, she lived in East Hollywood. I lived in Silver Lake. So I was so embarrassed um, that I just started walking home. This was before Lyft back in the day. Uh-huh. Before Lyft was a thing. And Uber. So I started like booking it. And I knew I was like, I could get home in like 15 minutes if I just walk really fast. Yeah. And she texted me and said that your bike is still here. Where are are you? Okay. And I was like, bike died, phone dying, talk later. And just like turned my phone off because my phone was about to die. And I was like, I didn't want it to. Anyway, Uh I get home. And the next day I had to go and start it up. The next day was Easter Sunday. And, um, it was raining when I went to pet boys to go pick up the part, the spark plug that I needed, it was raining. And so I asked her if she could cover my moped. So that it didn't get rusted. And so I got there and it was covered and I was like, sweet. So this is where she started to pull some moves on me. She was like, apparently told her roommates, like, we got to get Madden in here. We got to like, cause it was tight about outside. So I was by her house, you know? So she's like, we're, we're, we're making tacos. Let's make tacos. And so they were like, we're making tacos for Easter. I was like, tacos for Easter. Okay, girl. And so she made tacos for Easter. And she invited me in to eat. And I don't think I ever really left. And that's really 
the end of that. So we have two and we got married twice, once on our first date anniversary and once on our second date anniversary. And uh, the way that I proposed to her because of the Easter tie-in was I sent her on um, a, an Easter egg hunt, scavenger hunt. And in the last egg, like, so it, it would tell her a little quote about where this egg was and a little clue where this egg was and the last egg had, had an engagement ring in it. And it was in my moped. <laughs> Dying. Oh, I love your love. I just want to, I want to put a little shout out to everybody out there. Like just go scroll on a tribe called queer, which is Sabine's Instagram and just look for cute pictures of Madden and Sabine together. There's a lot of really good wedding pictures out there and like, and you've even modeled for other people's like wedding shoots. So I feel like it aesthetically you've had like eight weddings, yes. which I'm totally into I, goals, really. <laughs> had a lot of weddings and people, people were like, oh, look, their wedding is so beautiful. I'm like, that was for a shoot. We'd already done it, but you know what? I'll take it. I'll take it all day. Yeah, totally. Tell me more about like the process of building a nonprofit and like having a, a like partner sort of work sometimes with you and then sometimes not. Like, how have you negotiated that? Um, Sabine is the sacrum of Project Q. She has built so much of it. I, I mean, I feel like there were times where I was just like, I want this. And she'd be like, well, if you want that, then we have to make this type of paperwork and we have to do this and we have to do that. And she would, she just created so much of it. Um, and it's where that, that vision meets action that we have really been able to, um, to create our connection with each other when it comes to our working relationship. Yeah. And I mean, and the other thing is she's my partner. She can't see me struggle. Like it, it, it hurts her heart to be, to see me in a situation where I'm like, ah, I need, I need help, you know, um, and especially she knows how to do it. Um, recently, I'd say like through, through the last, so Sabine left Project Q to go back to school and follow her dreams in uh, October, the beginning of October. And so, um, you know, we've had other folks in her position and we're also like still looking at what creating, like, what is that? What does that position mean? Mm-hmm. You know, what is that? There's no filling this woman's shoes. She mm-hmm. is just a powerhouse. And she knows it, you know, she absolutely knows it. I think that when you are in partnership with someone that is that powerful, you just want them to do all of those things to fulfill their own dream, to to see their own stuff come through. I mean, she can stand by anyone and prop up their goals, you know, and see see them to fruition and take no credit. And I don't want it anymore. I'm like, please go do the things that you love to do. What is it that you want? And prop yourself up. And it is harder to do for yourself. Mm -hmm. I will say it is so much harder to do for yourself because that means that it's all on you. When you're doing it for somebody else, if it goes wrong, eh, you get to back up, you get to leave. It's okay. (laughs) But it's the difference between, you know, babysitting and adopting two different things, you know? And so she watching her adopt and watching her really want to take that on is, is, it's been really cool. It's been so cool to see. And, uh, I miss, I miss having her because I knew that I could depend on her and that's not always the best case scenario for someone's life goals, you know? Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, Sabine, I mean, that's the thing. She is a Virgo. She's a Virgo's Virgo too. She is like so capable and like really good at figuring stuff out and systems. And like, I feel like anytime I've ever thought about like having someone working for me or with me, it's always like, I always think Virgo. I had a Virgo assistant early in my legal career and it just changed my life. I was like Virgo's forever. Um. <laughs> is that in the prerequisites? It's never, I mean, I don't think it's legal to, to specifically say you want to hire someone of a specific astrological sign, although it might not be illegal, but <laughs> I mean, I would just always, I always put it out there, Virgo's preferred, uh, Virgo's to the front of the line. Um, but it's just, I mean, organization, the service, the understanding of a bigger vision, like, um, oh, Virgo's are amazing. Uh, yeah. Okay, so tell me more about you, Matt, and like, what do you outside of, because it, it can be like wildly consumptive to like start a thing, run a thing. I mean, even if you were a hairdresser and that's all you did, not running a whole nonprofit and like supporting a whole new generation. Um, like, how do you nourish yourself outside of all of this that you do? Um, I read a lot of sci-fi. <laughs> I just like to read sci-fi that's just what I enjoy doing I like to um speculate you know futures and fiction um and I watch a lot of I I, I go into other worlds I watch a lot of sci-fi read a lot of sci-fi um and um I also got myself a switch for, for my birthday last year and it has changed my life it has changed my life being able to just like like first first of all damn you animal crossing and nintendo for creating this game um because it really did take up so much of my time and energy but what i've recognized is that i like to cross things off my list i like to get things done and sometimes if i don't get like th th that goes back to the worthiness thing right so we're like hanging our worthiness on how much we've been able to accomplish mm -hmm. um and so being able to have just quick silly tasks that I do on a on a in an island you know <laughs> in, in an imaginary world um it actually really does help make me feel rested feel as though you know I'm like okay well I have I have done these things and all of my plants are watered and I can now rest um and that's probably not the best way to go but I as I as I say it's all about harm reduction at this point um especially through quarantining, like being alone or like being with my partner and we're both working from home and, you know, our, so all of the energy, if it was a good meeting or if it was a bad meeting, it all stays in our, in our walls. And so having that release has been really helpful. Um, yeah, I just, I, I, I need that. I need to have that. Um, but I also listen to a lot of podcasts. Like that's that's my jam. <laughs> I love listening to podcasts. Um, it's and then we've like redone like every space that we own. You know, we've redone the house. I redid the salon. We just like do, doing things with my hands. That goes back to that accomplishment thing. Is like I had I had one. I think it was last week. I was like, oh, I'm having such a crap week. Like, all right, I'm gonna go to Lowe's and pick up a bunch of flooring and redo the floors at the shop. You know, and literally that's what I had to do. And it was, I felt so much better after, you know, I like was able to physically remove any, any extra energy. And then I, I was able to make something that I get to use every day. Mm. Um, I think that it's really 
doing doing housework, doing doing chores like physical chores, um, is is pretty underrated. Um, especially since we don't have like gyms aren't open. I would love to go take a class. You know, I've done, I've done my you know my if I could dance party classes, jumping around, um, but like focusing on something, getting it done. It, it just like it feels so good to me. So that's those are my things. I was actually looking through a bio of mine recently. I had to send out and I was like oh this is this is perfect I'm project Q I do hair I run this thing and I and I read manga and I watch anime and I watch sci-fi and then I listen to hip-hop and I was like yes this is those are all of the things <laughs> um who is your favorite sci-fi author Octavia Butler I was gonna I was that was gonna be my follow-up question and what's your favorite Octavia Butler book that is a hard question to ask. <laughs> so I'm actually on Earth. I'm on Wild Seed right now. Good one. Um, I, I would say that the book that I recommend the most mm -hmm. is Fledgling. Okay. But I think that's only because everyone already knows about the parables. Mm. I think if people didn't know about the parables, then I'd be like, you need to read this. Mm -hmm. um, but I also really like Lilith Sprood. Like I love all of her. I love everything. Lilith Sprood is my favorite, I think, because I felt most represented by like the actual third gender aliens. Like I was like, yes, that is me. I am Ulaoi, thank you. Um, but I, I just, I love the way that she writes. And I also really like N.K. Jemison. And I feel like um, she's so inspired by Octavia. Um, also, I don't know if you saw this, but they, the, the most recent Mars landing, they named Octavia Butler's landing. Yes. That was, I was like, oh, she made it. She made it to Mars. That's all she wanted. <laughs> oh, I was so proud and happy for that because number one, things don't get named after black women. You know, we don't get to have our things. And it was just so beautiful that something so big um, and such a big deal that she got to she got to have that that's awesome and especially too because she wasn't technically like a scientist she was someone who was a visionary yeah and, and so it's kind of cool that as we're like kind of doing new things from new frontiers um it's it's rad that she's named that's awesome i mean it's not enough let's have octavia butler land let's just rename an entire state butler i would love that I mean, if her estate would allow it, I, I, I would definitely be down. Um, have you gone to any of the workshops Octavia told us? No, I have not, but I do. Uh, is it told us or warned us? Warned us, warned us, warned us. Although I always hear it as told. <laughs> that just tells you how I think. Uh yeah. Just made the connection already you were like yep i know i know i know um no but i i mean i love the writings of a lot of the the folks that have come after her so like adrian marie brown is one of another one of my favorite authors um i was i was uh, welcomed to do a like lead a book club facilitation on emergent strategy with usc and i was like this is amazing um and um Oh, and then the Toshi Regan has a musical. It's so good. Oh my gosh, I got to see it at the Estrella Foundation's fundraiser in like 2018 or something like that. And I was just like, this is amazing. Um, so full on obsessed over here, full on. Um, Sabine, my, my beautiful wife has gotten, she's like, let's put some of your nerd stuff up. 
you know? And I was like, for real? She was like, yeah, let's do it. So she's been like looking for cute ways to like hang my Star Trek memorabilia. Um, and she even like went so far as to make printouts of Octavia Butler's journals and frame them in the house. And it's just, I'm like, oh, I didn't even know I needed this. <laughs> but, you know, just to have her words on our, on our walls and our spaces, I was like, now I want to do it at the shop. I want to put them all up here. Yeah. So and what's so powerful too about her journals is that she's really into the law of attraction. So she spoke or wrote it into being, she would write her, her visions for herself and for her career and what she wanted to see happen, just writing them down. And that's so powerful and potent. And, um, it really inspires me because like, you know, when you're just like a random person and you really love this author and then they're doing this thing that like is creating their future right and they're being vulnerable right because she didn't know that she was going to be when she was writing these journals that she was going to be mars famous not even world famous mars famous and like you know what i mean so like but writing it down writing our futures is so important and especially in the work you do where you're teaching kids how to believe in a future that most people have told them isn't going to happen right yeah yeah oh oh that's so powerful i love that so much um yeah. And Madden, tell us about your, your two little dogs. Oh, they're so perfect. Okay, so this, <laughs> this is Samo and Pepper. Oh, and Sabine. And Sabine. Pepper's in the middle. She'll be 14 next month. She's the old lady. She's, um, she's my oldest, my longest relationship. Um, I got her when I was, if I'm going to be 35. So yeah, I got her when I was 21 and I've just had her ever since. And, um, to be also 21 year old with a dog is like ridiculous. I, I was like a real responsibility junkie, obviously. Yeah. I mean, you wanted to get married at 26. So you, you love responsibility. <laughs> so really I was behind is what we're saying. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we, I've, I've had Pepper for that long. She's my, I have like a tattoo of her. She's my best friend. Sabine always says like, it's okay. I know that she's your number one and you know, she know, she understands. Um, and Samo is Pepper's dog. She's, uh, we got her so that Pepper can have a homie. Mm -hmm. Sam, Pepper is named after Iron Man's girlfriend, Pepper Potts. Yeah just extra level of nerd for anyone that cares. Um, and Samo is named after Jean-Michel Basquiat's tagger name. He would write Samo under his art pieces. Wow. So um, again, just a beautiful breakdown of the people that we are. And we got Samo together. So Samo is both of our dog. Um, and they're just, they're perfect and lovely. They really are. They make me so happy. I got Pepper recently. I got her a back. She should be here, actually. I got her a backpack so I can carry her with me when I go places because I used to just shove her into. So when I used to ride my moped, I would shove her into my sweatshirt and I would take her with me places and she would put a little paw on my hand. Um, and that's just turned into me now stuffing her into any sweatshirt that I'm wearing while I'm doing house chores. Mm -hmm. um, and Sabine has asked me, please just get a baby Bjorn for this dog. So I did. I got her a doggy Bjorn that she goes into and then she hangs out with me when I have to go places. 
god, that's so cute. And they're both rescues, right? They're both rescues. Pepper, I knew her parents. I was friends with her parents' dog person. Um, and and I loved their I, their names were Bella and Crash. And I loved them so much. And I was like, I just wish I could have a dog. It was like both of these dogs put together. And then they got then they had puppies and I had Pepper. And it was just kismet. Uh, that's awesome. Madden, thank you so much for sharing and being on the podcast and sharing your story and just like being a light in this world and being, I mean, I'm excited. I'm excited to see where Project Q goes over the next, you know, many decades. And of course you, as you continue to just put your print in the world and just bring your light. You're just such a great person. I, I don't know. <laughs> the end of the episode and I'm just spilling compliments because I adore you. Um, and also for those of you who are listening and not watching the podcast on YouTube, Madden's excellent black and white sweater collar situation, the color blocking. I love it. Thank you so much. I, this is actually my first time wearing it. I wore it for our interview. Oh, I can give you a full oh, yeah. situation. You can see it comes down here and actually goes across. So I'm just, I was really feeling myself today, Bevan. I'm feeling it too. I love it. Um, where did you get it? I got it on Instagram. I'm an Instagram shopper. And it's because it's a, it, okay. So it's a copy of a come de garçon style that I've loved that I can't afford. Yeah. So Instagram was like 35 bucks. And I was like, you know what? Yes. Yeah. Sounds great to me. Thank you. Um, I love that so much because on my last episode of the podcast, I think he mentioned come de garçon. I think he was wearing come de garçon. So I love that. Like, we're just going to continue it flowing. Yeah. Uh, uh, Madden, how can people find you best on the internet? Okay, projectq.me is our website. You can check us out on Instagram at project underscore Q underscore. And um, our Venmo is at Project Q. In case anybody feels like they want to just go straight to the donate button, that's how you do that. Also, the best way at this point to support Project Q is by becoming a member and becoming, becoming a part of our membership program and giving monthly. If that's not something that you can do, then just being a part of our newsletter that is also monthly is really helpful because what that means is that maybe you can help support people in your life with our resources. Mm -hmm. So those are all of the ways that if you, you can sign up for the newsletter by going to the website. All of this stuff is also on my link tree on the Instagram. Awesome. I'm going to put links to all of it down in the show notes. Um, I so appreciate you, Madden. Thanks for I being appreciate on the you too. Yes. It's so good to see you. And I'm going to need you to call me later and show, give me a tour of your tiny house too. Oh, totally. Right now we're in a, in a time where this is the clean area. <laughs> Everything else is trash because I've been making these packages, but soon, soon I'll give you a full tour. <laughs> yes. yes, please. Yay. Okay. Let's see.